0: You're listening to All Things Azeroth, episode 226, Cataclysmic Christmas.
1: You're listening to All Things Azeroth.
0: Your World of Warcraft podcast With your hosts Medros and Shade
2: Wow, okay, so I feel like I should be You know, riding some sort of Warhorse wielding a Claim or something, I don't know That was a cool intro. Apparently that was from Skolnick, so thank you Skolnick for the intro. Um, Hi! Welcome to another episode of All Things Azeroth. I am Shade. Um, As you may or may not have noticed, Medros is not here this week. He's out on vacation, enjoying the holidays. So today I have a special co-host that I've dragged in here. We've heard him before. Say hello, co-host.
1: Hi. That's not how you say hello.
2: Hello. (laughs) <laughs> you want,
1: you want you want me to You want me to try? It's like 9 o'clock. All right,
2: fine. <laughs> Who are you, co-host?
1: I am Matt McCurley, add-on and UI columnist for Wow Insider. Akamagosh, friends.
2: There we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> How are you doing, Matt?
1: I'm doing all right. I'm doing A-OK.
2: How was your holiday? You didn't really have much of a holiday, did you? Because you already had your holiday earlier this month, right?
1: Well, to be... Look, I've been we've been celebrating Christmas as you know as the, the 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 basic tenant of gift giving in the holiday season <laughs> for yeah. uh you know my whole life despite also having a hanukkah bush and a christmas tree uh so you know christmas christmas has always been celebrated in my family and our families we always all got together for christmas we always had christmas despite you know
2: so you get to do both I, we
1: got to do both mostly because um when you're jewish uh, you feel bad on christmas or the parents tell you that you're going to feel bad on christmas if you don't get presents so why <laughs> i think they just want to buy you more things i'm okay with this i mean they just they're preempting they're preempting the kid crying on christmas cuz like we really get stuff on christmas like we got stuff on hanukkah so yeah, you get
2: like the 8 days it's, of presents and yeah, so then not, you get another it's day it's not 8, of eight days of
1: good presents it's 8 days of crap presents that all sort of coalesce into one decent present
2: oh okay did you get anything good?
1: For Christmas, I got a lot of cool stuff for yeah. Christmas. I got a couple DVDs I really wanted. I got some peripherals for my netbook. I got cool. uh some stuff. Yeah, I'm happy with my Christmas gifts. I I have I have many people in my life who know how to get good gifts for me and I appreciate that.
2: I I got a goblin weather machine. That's thing cool. for my character. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I can make a little cloud over my head, or like a little sunshine. Yeah, people are always like, I'll pop it in instances, and people are like, what is that? It's my goblin weather machine. Which is only appropriate, because um, my Christmas present to myself, I race-changed a goblin.
1: My Yeah, my Christmas present to myself was a double race-change, which... Yeah? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ew, if, if people haven't been following that sort of tale on uh, on uh, on Twitter, that's been me for the last like week. Going back and forth on what I was going to do about uh, about my my main my tank.
2: So what did you make and, your tank? Uh,
1: yeah, what happened was for people who don't know what happened. Um, I I race changed immediately like right as right as I hit like I think I hit like eighty three. I hit and I race changed a goblin to make a goblin warrior because I was playing the goblin yeah. warrior in beta and I really enjoyed it and it was awesome and loved it. Yeah. And uh, I have a thing like I'm I'm huge on aesthetics. I'm like crazy for aesthetics and it just after playing it for about a week. A week and a half or so, I just I started growing really tired of diminutive tanking. Like I I could never play the small races. The small the only small race I've ever been able to play ever was I played a uh, kobold, uh, archer dude whatever they were in Dark Age of Camelot on Midgard. Oh yeah, okay. And yeah. that was the only small race I've ever been able to play for any kind of uh, for any kind of length of time and so playing the goblin was awesome for a while and it was a lot of fun and the racials are great and the the feel is great and everything is great and i love the goblins i think they're going to be perfect for the horde but i think i'm going to make my caster a goblin uh, not the tank and so i was i was i was, I was just so upset because i've been tanking on my paladin for almost 4 years more for, more than 4 years yeah. actually since since burning crusade you know healing or tanking on the paladin and i'm so used to the blood elf as a as a tank, and I'd switched to Warrior, and in the beginning, I had all my stuff ready to go for Blood Elf Warrior when Burning Crusade was coming out, and then they announced that they weren't giving them Warriors anymore, they took them away, so I was upset, yeah. and I was distraught, and so everything I, you know, I had to switch it all over to Paladin, so now, um, the Warrior is a Blood Elf, uh, and the Shaman is going to be a Goblin, or no, the Mage is going to be a Goblin, the Shaman is still an Orc. And so, still an orc. the final, the final uh, tally was that, uh, the warrior became a blood elf, and uh, uh, Arcane Torrent is extremely OP for blood elf warriors. It's ri- Isn't it ridiculous. Awesome? I, I, I remember having this conversation with you. I think I said, Look, if it gives me more than if it gives me between five and ten extra rage, it's a go because ten extra rage on a two minute cooldown, whenever I want it, is ungodly for warriors. And it's not ten, it's 15. It's crazy. And so, I'm like, Okay, yeah, it's 15. Done. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the, I like deal. the aesthetic, so I'm uh, I'm chilling on the blood elf warrior.
2: I always thought it was kind of funny when they said, "No, we're not going to give blood elf warriors back in Burning Crusade," because one of their promo images for the blood elf race was a blood elf warrior. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and then I was like, very upset wait, nope, never mind, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I I actually I have a little in to do, because um, we were talking about race-changing. Yeah, you've changing. got a lot
1: of backstory about your race-change.
2: Well, we were talking about race-changing on the show a few weeks ago, and I said that I couldn't race-change my main, like I couldn't justify race-changing my main character from Blood Elf to Goblin, because she had so much backstory, and there was so much that I had done with her RP-wise, and then I was sitting there, and thinking about it, and thinking about it, and thinking about it, and I rarely get to RP with her in the I made her grand her, scheme of things well yeah and I made her back in the beginning of Burning Crusade and sh- her interactions have all been relatively minor and she's a really cool character with a really cool backstory but what's the point if you don't have anybody to share that with you know what I mean right and then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, well, yeah, and goblins are cool. And then I wrote this article for this weekend that was, you know, so you want to RP a goblin because uh, last week was so you want to RP a worgen. And I was just going over, you know, basic tenets of goblins, where they came from. You know, the, the key thing about being a goblin is yeah, there's always some sort of self-involved motivation for anything that you do. Of course. you. you you have to keep in mind that every interaction, every anything that you do, there has to be something in it for you. And and as long as you keep that in mind, then you're playing your Goblin True. And it doesn't have to be necessarily gold, but anything that'll give you the upper hand. Worth. You know,
1: worth is, is not necessarily yeah. just money. It's a, It has something to add to your worth.
2: Exactly, exactly. And I'm writing that, and I'm going through, and I'm taking screenshots of things, and I'm like, you know what? I, I really... I really want to play a goblin. You did I it. wonder what a goblin would look like with Warglaives of Azanoth. And Ta-da. then I made the mistake of going to Wowhead and checking that out.
1: <laughs> and there you go. The rest is history. And about
2: 20 minutes later, yeah, I was a goblin. Because <laughs> <laughs> Warglaives on a goblin? Oh my gosh. They're amazing.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, what happened with, with, with me it was I was deciding, you know, I was having trouble deciding between whether I wanted to go uh blood Elf or, or undead for the warrior because I've always liked the aesthetic yeah. of the undead warriors ever since Indalimar put out that warrior kill video in like June of 2004 oh, yeah. that made me basically want to play WoW.
2: My first raid guild, our main tank in my first raid guild was an undead warrior.
1: Yeah, we had an undead warrior. All the all the tanks were war- uh, all the tanks were torn because of the the health buff, but we had one guy who's the uh the undead warrior who's just sticking it out. And uh and what happened was um I had decided that Basically, if I picked—I if I have this choice between making the Warrior Blood Elf or making the Warrior an undead, it actually means that at the end of Wrath of the Lich King, depending on which one I chose, my main would have lived or died during the Lich King fight. Yep. So I had this great kind of, you know, like, story thing in my head going, well, if I, if, if in the end I choose undead, it's just the same person, just dead and raised. Wow. If I choose the Blood Elf again, and I just basically go back to the main as just as a different class, we say that you know, after the the fight against the Lich King, you f- see how much of a jerk and what an idiot Tyrion is, and just go Warrior instead of Balanon. and <laughs> that's <laughs> and that's how it ended up. So uh, uh, my uh, my main lived to 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 tell tales another day.
2: Wait a minute, you're like the Bastion of Light. The, the paladin that everybody else follows and you spent three quarters of that fight a popsicle
1: It doesn't even matter about that. I understand the sitting in the thing as a mechanics to whatever, blah, blah, fight, blah, blah, blah. I just, I I don't like Tyrion as a character. I never really liked him as a character. I thought he was cool with his son, but then after that, it just just, just sort of squandered because he kind of came out of nowhere. He was really cool at Light's Hope Chapel with the Death Knights, and it's like, yeah, holy ground. But then he's just kind of a bumbling moron the rest of the time, and it's just like, ah, whatever.
2: I don't know if he's a bumbling moron so much as he's very... He's a very driven character, but I think what drives him is more of a personal thing than he touts it as being for the good of mankind, the good of humanity, the good of all life on Azeroth. But when it really comes down to it, is he concerned with the good of all, or is there a little bit of selfishness in Tyrion? And I think that there is. There's a little bit of selfishness in Tyrion.
1: All I'm saying is that he is a glorified Renfair, like, Carnival leader, and he needs to stay out of the big kids' raids and let us uh, deal with the Lich King. Because Tyrion, just, just, just sit down. Just sit down, big kids. Big kids. The grown up. The grown ups are talking.
2: I don't think I see it as quite that black and white, but still, yeah. So, so yeah, my my main is now a goblin, and she is so freaking adorable. I cannot get over it. So.
1: Yeah, they, they. we were we were really happy about when they did this with goblins. We were worried that they were going to hypersexualize females like they do with everything else in World of Warcraft, uh-huh. and they didn't. They. Well, she. Made I them mean, she's got
2: the hips cute. and the you know, but she's just this tiny squat little thing and you know right
1: but proportional proportionality is not this not what they like if you want to talk about the the dichotomy of the of the of the of the conversation we're gonna have <laughs> look now, at the, the dry females is, 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 they made them with these
2: like hyper arched backs and their butts are sticking out and, i was gonna know. say i was
1: gonna say that you're 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 looking at the 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 goblins Females, which are very indicative of the female of the race, right? Like the the sexual dimorphism yeah. between goblin males and goblin females is is uh, is sort of like a, on the x y axis, you know, like a like a straight line. Yeah. It's looking good. I mean, the the females look like a female of the species as compared to the male of the species. Uh, the other uh, alternative, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, the other uh, example is the the worgen, and and I... where male worgen look, oh yeah, the like worgen male too. worgen, and then female worgen look just weird. And undone.
2: Well, yeah, because the male wargans are hunched over and very bestial and monstrous-looking, and then you've got the females, and they're just sort of standing there. Hi, how's it going?
1: With the with the big doe eyes and the thing, and they don't even look like dogs. I don't. Or wolves. It's just it's odd. It's just odd.
2: And they just have extra hair to brush. That's about the only difference between them. They
1: should have, you know, now that we look at, now that we now that we see the female organ for what we got in the end, uh, I really wish they left on the, 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 the dog toupees because it would make them look more feminine. Now they just look, yeah meh, I don't know. Just they unimpressive. But, you know, that's they it. They look
2: kind of like a weird cross between a horse and a dog to me because they've got like this main thing. It's a weird,
3: weird horse lady.
2: horse lady. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway... I don't know. So we've got a couple of segments today. We are missing Warcraft Less Traveled, but I do want to go ahead and play a segment before we get too far into the show here, because speaking of holidays, people got presents, and one of the presents one of our listeners got was bacon-covered... Well, it was chocolate. It was bacon-covered... Okay, it was a candy bar, but it had bacon in it. And they decided out of the kindness of their heart that they were gonna go ahead and record their experience eating this thing and then send it into <laughs> Just so that we could hear exactly what it was like. Now I'm curious about this because I've heard of all this bacon stuff, so I figure we can go ahead and play that segment
3: right now. Hello, Medros, Shade, All Things Azeroth crew. This is Chris Platt. With me is someone with their mouth full so they can't talk right now. And (laughs) Darylin. Darylin, my sister, Stormy, my wife, and we have here a very special Christmas present that was given to me. It's labeled Moe's Dark Bacon Bar. Yes, that's right. It is dark chocolate with bacon. And we are going to record our experiences. None of us have had this before. But considering the bacon theme of the show, I figured this would be audio we're sending in, whether or not we think it's epic or... Gag worthy. It wraps very nice. It'll be epic, epic <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's. It's got nice little pieces to break apart, like a Hershey bar in that regard. So, here's a, a piece for you. That's a big piece. It's, <laughs> it's about, what, two by three inches? Maybe one uh, by not two. that in the corner. Not, not even. Two. One and a half by two tops. I don't need that much. Okay, fine. <laughs> We're talking Wim- a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's like one fourth of it. Okay, <laughs> there you a go.
0: <laughs> and I'll, I'll be that's a wimp too.
3: Okay, let, let's try this. Hmm. It tastes like a dog treat. <laughs> <laughs> Says the person who's worked for a vet. <laughs> The scary thing is that you know what a dog treat tastes like. <laughs> well, yes, yes, I do, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it, it tastes very much like chocolate-covered pretzels, but I think that's mostly from the salt. If you look at the ingredients, it uh, doesn't have much in the way of ingredients, but one of the things is it includes a lot of salt. Yeah, so I should not be eating much of that. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be, according to the doctor's orders but this is something where well i'll feel guilty finishing the rest of this bar just because i am on a diet but (laughs) i won't feel bad for eating bacon covered chocolate in spite of the reactions that everyone else had in the room when i said (laughs) yes i got bacon covered chocolate what chocolate covered bacon or whichever okay you know the same shop had milk chocolate covered bacon but you got the good chocolate. And, I did. And as your brother, I truly appreciate this.
0: Well, well you're going to have to show me the shop. We do okay. have shaders. Okay, well,
3: that's our little recording for you. Hope you like it, whether or not it's played on the show. And, well, we're fans of the show. Have fun.
2: Thank you, Chris Blatt, for that, that experience. That was and
1: I'm... something. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs>
2: I'm so glad that he tried it out so I don't have to. Although I don't know cuz like chocolate covered pretzels they're pretty good. So, you know, maybe chocolate covered bacon would be okay. Oh, I, bacon I, is so I good. think I'll just stick with Yeah, I think I'll just stick with eating it with breakfast, you know, and and sans the chocolate cuz that that's just a little out there for I me I made anyway.
1: fondue for dinner tonight and they say put some bacon in the fondue, but I've never done that before. So, I don't know.
2: You made fondue for dinner. Was it, like, the cheese stuff or the chocolate stuff? Yeah, it's a, the a,
1: stuff? a 50-50 uh, Gruyere and smoked Gouda.
2: Ooh. With,
1: I'm sub- uh, hungry again. I subs- subs- substitute the white wine for hard dry vermouth, and it is awesome.
2: Man, I just had, like, leftovers from Christmas dinner. I had, like, a ham sandwich. That was my dinner.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like I like to cook, so...
2: I also I got a present in the mail. I forgot to talk about the other present that I got. I what got, did you get? What was your present? I got. Oh, do I Metras, know this one? Yeah, I know this. I think you know this one because I showed you a picture of it. But from Metro, I excited. got. I got my stoneware, at my tavern craft. I'm actually drinking coffee out of it right now. But you can, you hear that? The little dinkle. That tinkle? sounds
1: like a quality product.
2: This is a quality product. This thing is huge. I could totally knock somebody out with it. And yes, that's totally my my standard on which to judge fine quality ceramic can I knock somebody out with this thing yes definitely can So that's how I, that's you, how I judge uh,
1: whether or not my uh, my baseball bat is uh, good enough under there you bed. Go.
2: See, baseball bats, ceramic mugs it's it's all the same but I mean this thing is huge too and it's just I the detail on it is really cool I love this, this is like the first tavern craft anything that I've owned so I'm like yay and as they're all on it so I'm happy call,
1: call me when they make a garage mug and I'll be there
2: let me make a garage mug. I, I I want one of those. Like a matching set? That would be cool. I'd put like coffee in one and liquor in the other. That'd be great. Drink them at the same time. Very nice. Well, it's been, what, like three weeks? Almost four weeks? Almost a month since Cataclysm's release. And everybody's kind of gotten to the 85 point. One of the common things that I'm hearing complaints about seems to be... Heroics. Yeah. And dungeons in general, like, people are having huge problems with dungeons, whether it's it takes forever to get through the queue, or you get into the queue, you wipe on one boss, everybody leaves, then you have to sit, you know, 45 minutes in the queue again. If you don't have a guild group, you're kind of, you know. But what do you think about all of that as far as, you know, heroics? Have you done any heroics? Are you at the level where you can...
1: Have I have I done any heroics? We're, we're raiding. Uh, we're yes. We're ready to go. We're we've been uh. We're the we're one of the ten mans in our uh, in our guild that is that is we're we're just two bosses in. We're Conclave of Wind and Magma are down. But uh by the end yeah no,
2: we've got we've got a ten man in my guild that's that's gotten pretty far, but it's just a ten man and we're not actually starting twenty fives until january so i'm I'm enjoying my break.
1: our guild is just forsaken twenty fives we're not going to do them anymore it's over it's done we're not doing the twenty fives anymore there's really no, there's no reason for us to do twenty five mans anymore putting together the problem is is that our 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 guild is uh one of the something awful guilds that uh, put together a lot of people. And the problem with having a lot of people in a guild is that you can't do multiple 25-man groups because you're never going to have 50 people online. You will, but you're not going to have the yeah. 50 people you need online to do two groups. So people always just sort of break off and don't show up. or There's too many people to deal with and too many variables. So the way we do it yeah. in guild is that we have... The guild as a whole that works together for the common goal of getting the guild forward and working together to get all the the achievements and, and different things like that. We've been doing this since Wrath.
2: Getting all the perks and everything, yeah.
1: And then... We created our own 10-mans that have their own names, and we just are part of the whole, just have our own little groups of 10-mans that we go and do whatever we want to do. Okay. So there's no official guild 10-man. There's no official guild 25-man. We just do all 10-mans within the guild, and we can bring people out from other other guilds or whatever we want to do. But it's all done on our own time, on our own terms. So there's nothing guild-related. The only thing we get is uh, certain raider groups... Who have like a ten man kind of like registered with the guild kind of deal? Uh, we're yeah. potentially going to get um, like uh, uh, repair money. So it's like you know uh, you show up like it's like a, you know you get your parade permit right. You show up, you're like okay, we're your, we're this guild or with this with this raid group, we're registered as you know WFDY Smooth Jazz Radio, and <laughs> we want to <laughs> we want to uh, you know we're going to be raiding ten mans. These are the days we go. We'd like. You know two hundred gold a person for repair bills every week that's it. That's it. And that's what we do um as for heroics um so here's here's what happened uh I have been running heroics mainly in a guild group, and I am not the person to ask about heroics because. Every heroic I've been in has been an absolute blast. I don't yeah. have cues because I'm a tank. I don't have uh, I don't have anyone. I don't have the ability to communicate with because we're all on mumble. I don't have the randomness of getting people. We do randomly pull in like a healer or a DPS, and when we do, they're pretty much fine. Um, yeah. I've had great experiences with random healers. Uh, most of them know what they're doing. Most of them are forgiving, and we're forgiving. We're not, you know, we're not giant jerks about the thing, you know about the stuff. But if someone can't heal something or someone can't do something, we politely tell them this is what's going on. This is what you've got to do. Let's give it one more shot. If you can't, um, here's where you should go to get this gear. Here's what you should do with this. Here's what you should read up on. Healing has changed. Blah 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 blah. This and that. Whatever. Blah blah blah. Most people have been great. So though.
2: you're basically spreading spreading the info.
1: Yeah, well, you've got you to. Uh, this is yeah. the only way this stuff gets out. You know, it's like the only way you know that, um, that uh, what's his face, Lord uh, Walden's ability, you know, conjure uh, random mixture or whatever it's called, has a green and a red. You don't know that from the mechanics of the fight. You know that because someone told you. And that's the way this, um, this me- you know, the mechanics of these fights and the mechanics of the expansion get spread around. With people just talking about them, it's uh, it's a problem sometimes in Tol Barad, which I'm sure we'll get to, where people go, just hold two, we just need two until the timer runs out. That's not how Tol Barad works, but people keep talking no. about it in general chat, and now people think it's real.
2: Oh. It's not
1: the way Tol Barad works. So, as for heroics, you know, when we've done randoms, it's been fine. When we do guild groups, it is great. You know, I, we all snuck into heroics early by putting as much, you know, rep gear from all the, you know, Hyjal and Ramkahan and all those into yeah. our, um, into you our bags. I had like half stuff in cloth your... gear at t- 346 in my, in my bags to inflate my numbers so we could go into heroics. The first heroic we did was halls of origination. And we got through it in like three hours in our, in our well, well yeah, I was going to
2: say, how long did that take you? <laughs>
1: you know, our well undergeared selves, we got through it. And we came out of that of that boss hallway with enough gear to comfortably coast all the heroics after it. Yeah. And so we really enjoyed heroics. I really like heroics. And actually, my sum up of my opinion on heroics actually come from this uh, this pending Blizzard post right now on, the, on, their, uh, on their blog. Uh, It's under the PvE segment, and they say, in general, you might have a tough time upon zoning into a heroic with a bunch of strangers as soon as the dungeon finder permits, especially if your group isn't willing to communicate or work together. We want heroics to be challenging. If you want to zerg the content, stick to normal dungeons.
2: I don't know. I think a lot of the complaints and a lot of the feedback, the people crying for people to nerf these heroic dungeons, it's just... They haven't had time with them. Well, it's. I think it's a lot of it, too, is just this sense of complacency that they got into with Wrath of the Lich King.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, and if people think that heroics at the end of Wrath of the Lich King, if they think that that's how heroics were supposed to be run, no, think again, that's, that's not how they were supposed to be run. No, not at all. At all. And, and you know, first going into heroics at level 80... Back at the beginning of Wrath of the Lich King, they were challenging. It was just yeah. as you got later on in the expansion, it was so easy to get gear that was way better than whatever you could pick up in those heroics. Well, here's another
1: crazy thing that, uh, that another off product of the way heroics are now, you don't get yeah. um, you don't get purples in heroics, right? Which has made the purple enchanting material, the Maelstrom Crystal, super rare. So you can't yeah. just go and uh, and just gear up and enchant your stuff with the best stuff right now you need to really no. save up for those crystals and those enchants those enchants are vital now and you know we're trying to find all crazy ways of getting maelstrom crystals and we we jokingly you know we did a conclave of wind two weeks in a row and we sharded two pieces of gear because they're just it's terrible itemized uh, you know, random leather belts that no one wanted. So we sharded them and the first thing we did with those maelstrom crystals was turn them into enchanted lanterns because that's what we do. <laughs> and we're just giving the ten man enchanted lanterns so that everyone can turn into Naga because we're all stupid archaeologists. We can talk about that later too.
2: Yeah archaeology has become the bane of my
1: existence, but Archaeology archaeology is simultaneously the best and worst profession they've ever done in the game. It is absolutely horrible but I need my stupid mount.
2: It is so addictive, though. It is so addictive. And I like a friend it better. Of mine, a
1: friend of mine says it's basically um, Chocobo Hot and Cold from Final Fantasy Nine or Ten. Well, it's
2: that. And then if you've ever played... Did you ever play Animal Crossing? Yeah. Okay. You know when you dig up the fossils for Animal Crossing? Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's just this stupid little side thing. Well, the thing is, is if you're a DPS and you're in that random dungeon queue, and it's you know anywhere from a half hour to 45 minutes to get into a group, well, then psh, go do, do archaeology. I do archaeology
1: while waiting for Tolbarad. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for Tolbarad. <laughs> Despite the fact that I absolutely hate Tolbarad, I play Tolbarad every single time it's up because I have to be the Tolbarad guy. I'm going to be Tolbarad. Like I am going to incorporate. Tolbarod into my being at some point. I'm going to be the guy who gets Tolbarod changed. I'm going to be the guy who talks about Tolbarod non-stop. I'm going to be Tolbarod.
2: Well, we will talk a little bit more about Tolbarod later, because I definitely want to talk about that. Um, as far as heroics go, if, okay, if you are one of those people listening to the show right now that is having a tough time with heroics, here's oh, what should, I want we should you help to do. Them out. I want you to, to take a deep breath and think of a single word, and that word is patience. That's the one thing that I've noticed that people seem to have none of when it comes to these dungeons. And, I mean, I'm coming from somebody that played in vanilla and remembers when, you know, Stratholme and were, what, 10, 15-man dungeons, something like that? Upper Blackrock Spire. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and pretty much all you did was you did those over and over and over again, trying to get your little blue set Must or whatever. get devout pants. <laughs> I need my wild heart hat. Where is it? Yeah. And patience. Patience is just a big part of it. I know that in Wrath of the Lich King you could go in and you could zerg to your heart's content. That's not the way the game is supposed to be. If the game was supposed to be that easy, then you would log in and find epics in your mailbox. And that's no fun! That's no fun. The other
1: thing is that I was surprised. I was super surprised that you get epics from getting exalted with the with the with the reps. There oh, yeah. are three fifty sixes on those vendors. I cry foul. <laughs>
2: Not much in the way of epics, but yeah, there are epics on there. I'm working on... I got Ram Ramkahen exalted so I could get my camel, because hi, camel. Camels are awesome. And then uh, I just finished getting uh, Therazane
1: right. exalted. Excellent for your, for your shoulder enchants.
2: Well, yeah, what I liked about that was when you get exalted with Therazane, right? Um, the exalted shoulder enchants are the same price as the blue mm-hmm. ones on the vendor. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not any additional cost or yep. anything. So... You can put them on whatever piece of blue gear you happen to have because it's only sixty yep, it's gold. Cheap, big whoop-de-do, you know. Um, and then right now I'm working on Dragonmaw, because Dragon Maw has a piece of leather gear that, again, when I get exalted, it's purple and it's really shiny and I'd like it.
1: I, I'm finished with the reps. I know I'm insane, including Tolvarad. I got exalted with Hell'scream's Reach about <sighs> uh, a week ago because <laughs> I love. Mies I'm still with working Tolvarod. on Hell'scream's
2: Reach. Yeah, I'm, like, revered with Hell Screams Reach right now, and I'm, you know, I'm working on the other reps, too, as I can. The thing is, is, like, since we're taking that break from raiding... And we're not going to start raiding officially until January. And we're doing 25s. We're not doing 25s because there's any advantage to doing 25-man raids. Just because because you have
1: 25 competent people who can show up and do it.
2: We, Yeah, we really like doing 25-man raiding. We always like 25-man raiding. If you can do that,
1: 25-man is worth it. If you can't, like we couldn't, 10-man is the way to go.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we always liked doing 25s, so we're going to stick to doing 25s. Right now, we have 10 man teams that are going in and they're clearing through content and getting practice in. I think we're at 9 out of 12 right now. Not bad. On the various dungeons and um, on the various raid zones. I haven't had a chance to go in and do any of them, but then I've been dealing with family, I've been dealing with writing, I've been dealing with all this other stuff, and I'm kind of enjoying having the breather from raiding. Look at you, this is popular well end of wrath of the lich king kind of burnt me out it really did like really burnt me out so we, s-
1: we stopped rating in like september so we didn't do anything for or no we so, rated even before that. right
2: up until sunday night before like yeah, we you're rated nuts. i th- yeah yeah and uh, maybe we are maybe we aren't i don't know at but least you I were rating like her Lich King stuff right yeah, we were, but okay. at the same time, you know, it's like I I liked I liked Ice Crown, but at the same time I really missed Old War.
1: Yeah. You know what old I mean? And
2: I love I love the fact that all of the various heroic bosses and all of the various dungeons that are out there in Cataclysm right now, each one has their own little distinct thing. Yeah. You know? And in that distinct little thing, I can look at it as somebody that's been, you know, raiding and doing this stuff since Vanilla and go, "Hey, that's like that thing from Kara," or "Hey, that's like that dude from, you know, Molten Core," or that's like, you know, what I'm
1: really liking. You can go back about the instances and the boss fights in these mm-hmm. new heroic instances, is that they are teaching um, they are teaching up and coming players through these heroics about boss mechanics that are not tank and spank? And one of those is, um, what is the guy's name in Halls of Origination on Heroic who opens the portals? You don't tank him. He just walks around and opens portals and all the ads spawn. Uh,
2: oh, the shadow yeah, guy. Um, uh, not
1: Isis Set. I don't Sethet? know. I forgot his name. Anyway.
2: Sethet, maybe? The Something Egyptian like that. Egyptian
1: man number three. Satesh, He's the purple one. Thank you. Setesh is, um, is one of my favorite bosses because as a tank, I don't have to tank a boss. I run around, I pick up I pick no. up void dudes and then I run them around and, and being a warrior with a heroic leap it's even more hilarious because I'm just jumping around the whole place <laughs> while shockwaving <laughs> and jumping away and shockwaving and jumping away. But um, but finally we're getting fights that aren't traditional fight fights and that shows people uh, sort of what you've got to get done in uh, in terms of uh, where raid, it requires where raid more design thinking. is going with, with Blizzard. They want yeah. less traditional fights, which is great. I like that. I'm, f- I'm all for it.
2: It requires more thought to be put into it. And maybe people just don't want to think. I don't know. But um, guys, get yeah. used to thinking. Seriously. If you don't want to think, if all you want to do is go in and kill random stuff, then do the normals, and forget about doing heroics. You're going to have to think you're going to have to use CC, crowd control if you are a class that has a crowd control ability learn what it is and learn how to use it and use it at every opportunity it's not about the recount meters anymore, it's about Taking the least amount of damage possible to save your healers the stress of trying to keep your butt alive.
1: I've actually been been disillusioned with something. I've, I'm really upset that Blizzard puts so many things in the game where um, you have to stand in things to get a beneficial effect from your friends. Because for the first half of the yeah. last like week or last like three weeks of us playing um, Cataclysm, I've had to learn what <laughs> what's good to stand in and what's bad to stand in. Uh, case in point, the new uh, oh, Hand yeah. of Gul'dan. Uh, doesn't look like something I want to stand in, but warlocks keep freaking out when I walk away from no. it. No. Um, there's uh Dan pisses me off, um, and whenever some boss puts down a healing circle and healing rain looks exactly, or an effer- effer- efflorescence looks just like healing stuff that the boss has put down.
2: Efflorescence is the same thing. thing, yeah.
1: It's just like, make it do something that tells me, oh, stand in it, or make the boss thing not look like something I'd want to stand in.
2: right. I the one challenge to me uh, playing a melee class ha- is lightwell. Oddly enough, oh lightwell's like, awesome! I use have lightwell's to train myself to click that stupid thing because I don't. You know, usually it's just stab the boss, stab the boss, stab the boss. Well, the thing is, is the lightwell is a very, very good thing, like a really good thing. Oh, lightwell's when we were great doing, now. Uh, when we were doing heroic uh, Throne of the Tides. And a uh, doing the boss, it's like the octopus on the dude's head.
1: Yep. Right? Azumar. No, oh no, no. It wasn't that Ur- one, uh, Ur- when Ursh- we went and, the Yeah,
2: when we went it wasn't him, it was when we went to go save uh Neptulon. Yeah, Osmatha. And yeah, and it gets to that last phase where it's the three channelers and you have to kill them as quickly as possible and right. the tank's running around gathering things and going what? you know. Yep. And it's just pretty much all hell is breaking loose. I like it. The Lightwell the Lightwell is your best friend ever.
1: My uh, my priest my priest put down a light well during Nazir on Conclave of Wind and said click the light well so I turned Nazir I turned over to go get the light well and hit her with a hit her with a frost cone and she died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so no. don't stand near your light well because i 'cause I'm gonna walk into no. it and <laughs> and and kill you. Sorry.
2: And <laughs> drag whatever you happen to be tanking right along with it. Okay. Anyway, heroics. Yes. If you have any questions about heroics or heroic dungeons or whatever, feel free to like throw them at the show. Email us. Send us a voicemail, whichever. We'd love to hear it. We'd love to answer it. Um, I think we're gonna. I love go answering
1: ahead. people's questions about heroics. It's fun. Me oh, too. I have one quick question for you, actually. Yeah. So, uh, in Wrath, I asked this question back in the day um, uh, to everyone uh, that I was talking to about this because I think it's a fun. Uh, it's a fun question to ask. Uh, the Wrath, uh, Wrath obviously had tabards that you put on for the different factions mm-hmm. and at, you get to the point where um, you have all the factions that exalted which factions tabard did you leave on or did you leave your guild tabard? Which tabard did you kind of have on throughout the rest of the expansion after you hit exalted with all those factions? What was your default tabard?
2: I don't wear tabards. Okay. Because I like my pretty pretty gear <laughs> and the tabard yep. covers up the pretty pretty gear. <laughs>
1: Oh yes, Sporgar is still the best joke tabard in the game though, hands down. Sporigar, yeah. What about so even same thing for same thing for Cataclysm, even with like the awesome new tabards they have.
2: Um, right now I'm wearing the Dragon Maw Tabard and awesome. uh because 'cause I'm, you know, doing the Dragon Maw rep, but I also really like the Tabard. It's kinda of black and red and my character's got red hair and it really goes with whatever outfit she happens to be in, because black goes with everything. So I, I, I kinda like I kinda dig that one. I also the Ram Rumkahan Tabard? I was really (laughs) stylish.
1: I Twittered today that I'm wearing hen now because it's the Berkeley colors, blue and gold. And I have to represent (laughs) my alma mater. Go Bears. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) So yeah, Romkehen is where it's at.
2: I think we have one more segment to play today. But before we do the segment, I want to do trivia. Because Trivia. trivia is all kinds of fun. I need to figure out how to do this because I have to type <laughs> in the question.
1: <laughs> Drain boobs make the Stormwind Tabard look sad. Aww. Variance frowner face. What was your favorite face. Wrath Tabard? My favorite Wrath Tabard was uh, either the Argent Tournament Tabard, or especially in in Icecrown, it was kind of cool to uh to wear when you were you know storming the castle, and be part of the Argent Crusade. Or I had on all the time what was it? Uh, the Tabard of the Achiever. Because I had gotten my uh, my 25 tabards uh, achievement, and uh, I always had uh, I always had that on just because back then it was so, it was sort of big a big deal to have the 25 tabards with the tabard of the achiever, and also uh, I did the bug where I have both the green and purple Illidari tabards, so I used to throw on those, and that was cool. Yeah, I like those. I like them. Not a lot of the rep tabards in, in Wrath I didn't like. like. I didn't like the Wormrest Tabard. Dalaran's tabard was like meh. It was okay. I like the Burning Crusade tabards better than any of them. Shatar, the Shatar tabard was huge for me for a while because I had a big crush on the Naaru.
2: That one was cool. That one was cool. Okay. All right. I have my my trivia question here typed out, so um, we're just going to put this in the chat room so that they know that it's coming. What we do is we go ahead and we put the trivia question in the chat channel so that people aren't affected by the lag because some people hear the stream at different rates. So, anyway... Let me hit enter on this. No, Medros, you cannot win.
1: <laughs> well, technically he could win just by taking the prize and not sending it to somebody.
2: Well, yeah, but I'm the one with the prizes, so, you Oh, know. that's right. Anyway, <laughs> so um, let me hit enter here, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about my reasoning behind this question. Um, so this week on Know Your Lore, I actually did a little bit about... The history of Tolberad and Coltes because uh, Tolbarad was actually taken over by Colters. It was originally a it was basically it was a fortress that was owned by Stromguard. So my question this week involves Stromguard, and I want to know who was the leader of Stromguard when they joined the alliance of Lordaeron in the second war, and I also want to know the name of the sword that he carried. The sword had a very distinct name.
1: Steve Steve the
2: sword Steve no it was not Steve <laughs> Steve <laughs> But we will go ahead and see if anybody comes up with the answer for this
1: Stromguard is is sort of getting its uh getting its its butt kicked in terms of the lore lately uh Trollbane's uh statue fell down in uh in
2: I need the full name of the leader you guys
1: <laughs> the full name. Totally of the leader. statue fell down in stormwind, and and Ding Dong is now undead. And it's, just, it's just a sorry state of affairs for for anyone who came out of Strom.
2: Well, I feel bad for Strom too, because I mean, they were talking about what was it at the at the lore panel? Somebody was asking about Strom and if they were going to do anything with it, and they're like, uh, maybe eventually, sometime in the future, when we do something about you know, Alaria and Turlon, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So hey, let's see here. I think that might be an answer. Uh, we do have a winner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 it is the Super Soaker Wait, 3000. <laughs> I'm checking spelling
2: here. Okay, so our winner here is Frazzled, who answered with Thoris Trollbrain, and the weapon's name is Trollkalar, otherwise known as Trollbane. Yep. Everything is
1: named Trollbane. <laughs>
2: Everything is named Rollbane. So, uh, Frezzled, I want you to pick a number between one and seven for me. Pick three. And put that. Now, everybody picks three. Oh, do they really? Oh, I'm sorry. Five, okay. One, two, three, four, five. You've won a Sandbox Tiger loot code. The best loot code. Courtesy of WoW. Yep, courtesy of WoWTCGloot.com, which is pretty much your place to go if you want Warcraft trading card game loot cards. For cheap and immediately, the uh, cool thing about WoW TCG loot is you can actually buy them on the website, and you get the code. Like as soon as you send them a payment, yep. they email you the code. You don't have to wait for shipping or anything else. Um, I actually ordered one for someone a bought me I, a uh, material
1: portal from that for my birthday.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I have a feeling that's probably where they got my goblin weather machine from. I got them an instant statue pedestal. <laughs>
1: I heard that one. That one's pretty cool. You know what looks really dumb? The model Drake. <laughs> I'm really upset with that model.
2: I saw it. I saw it in Orgrimmar and I was like, "That's it," because it looks like one of the regular. Uh, it's like one of the regular. Drake but it looks like models. an albino Drake,
1: but it's like sick.
2: Yeah, yeah, but it it's- looks
1: like an albino Drake with bed sores. <laughs> It looks like it hasn't moved in like <laughs> seven years.
2: Poor Drake. Okay, so uh, it looks Frazzled. like it's been in a
1: coma. And no one rolled it over. dear.
2: I need you to send an email to Shade at allthingsazeroth.com, and at the end of the show, I'll go ahead and email you your loot code so you can cash that in and get your little tigers.
1: And th- let me tell you where the best place to use those tigers is, by the way, <laughs> when you're defending keeps in Tol Barad. <laughs>
2: Well, before we get into Tol Barad, which we are going to do, um, I want to go ahead and play. We don't have Warcraft Less Travel this week, but we do have Ask Moo, so I want to go ahead and play the Ask Moo segment, and then we'll go ahead and get into the depths of Tol Barad, which I'm sure you're just dying to talk about there, Matt.
1: You have no idea.
2: Okay, well, let's go ahead and play that segment.
0: Hello, friends! This is of Feathermoon, here to answer your World of Warcraft questions from the Tauren perspective. Today's question is from Charlie, who asks why the Deep Run tram runs east and west when Stormwind and Ironforge are north and south from each other. Well, Charlie, I didn't have any idea why the tram would run in a different direction so i had a friend of mine do some checking on it and it turns out it doesn't it turns out that the power lines in the rails of the tram make a very strong localized magnetic field which causes a compass to point sideways to check this out Watch your apparent direction change as you head straight into the tram. If you head in on the stormwind end, you enter heading northeast. But once you go through the portal, you suddenly appear to be heading south. So there you have it. The tram doesn't go east to west. It's just an illusion. That's all for this edition of Ask Moo. I need your questions, so please send them to me at askmoo42 at gmail.com. Call me at 201Azeroth, that's 201-293-7684, or Ask Moo, all one word, on Twitter. Until next time... May the eternal sun shine upon thee.
2: And thank you once again for the segment there. I I love Ask Moo. Very informative. It's such a strange, such a strange, strange little segment, but I've loved it ever since we had it. Anyway, um yeah, if you want if you have a question for Ask Moo, send it to Askmoo42 at gmail.com. Cause um I want to hear more of those. I, I like hearing Ask Moo ramble on. Speaking of rambling on, I think it's time to talk about what you want to talk about, Matt. I'm sure yeah. you've probably been just jumping at the bit to talk about this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Tolbarad? Tolbarad? Oh, man. Tolbarad.
1: Um, Tolbarad is the new the new uh, open PvP objective, uh, a la Wintergrasp, that uh, is uh, introduced with Cataclysm. It's an island uh, off the coast of uh, the Gilnean Mainland, I guess you'd call it. Uh, it was originally a uh, a prison built uh, by the Dalaran mages in conjunction with, at the then time, Stromgarde. Right? Someone they the Dalaran wizards built it to to hold crazy demons and crap.
2: It was basically yeah. Colteras went ahead and they built this prison. It used to be a citadel that belonged yes. to Stromgarde, and there was this big fight back in the Second War. Um, between Orgrim Dooham- Doomhammer and the forces over, the Stromguard forces over on the island. Then the
1: orcs took it.
2: Uh, yeah, they not only took it, they razed the place to the ground. And then afterwards, Coltiras. Well, Coltiras went ahead and took the place over and built his prison on there. And they had. You
1: know, a magic prison.
2: Yeah, well, they had mages from. Called to us, basically from Stormwind, and from Dalaran that oversaw this prison. Nobody was told about it. Nobody really knew it was there. It was just there.
1: Secret prison. It was a secret. Prison. It's basically a demon Bagram airbase. Yeah,
2: it's like Area
1: Fifty Two or something. And and so. <laughs> Nobody knows what's kind of going on in here. And, it, we, you know, there's like, yeah, they've got different wards of the prison. Apparently, there's one for humans and one for ghosts and one for demons. Yep. And it's it's all over the place. This is the, the craziest, weirdest prison. And even more suspiciously is Rustburg Village, which has all of these suspicious looking people living in there. And their Alliance and, and uh, Horde. And Alliance and Horde. I,
2: Working side by I side. Still, I still.
1: I subscribe to the fact that those are villagers who are actually convicts who've escaped and are trying to pose as the villagers in the city so that when the new two factions, the two factions coming in are fighting over things, they're just like, well, it's just where we live. This is just <laughs> where we hang out. We didn't escape from the prison down the road. No. <laughs> so Tolbaron is the new um, open PVP contested area. The reason we're at Tolbaron is because it's right off the coast of the Gildian mainland. If they're right off the coast of one of the capitals of your new Alliance allies, you'd love to be there if you're Horde because it's a beautiful staging you it's a beautiful staging ground.
2: So it's just a land grab and it happens to be a very advantageous point of land. Both Alliance want it. Alliance want it so they can try and take Gilnaeus back. Horde wants it so that they can keep Gilnaeus under their control. You Pretty know, much.
1: Also, both sides uh, found out that apparently foxes drop babies.
2: I got the baby fox. It's so cute. It dances on its hind legs. I'm like, oh,
1: adorable. Great. Nobody cares. All right, listen. I had to kill about 200 of those suckers
2: before it dropped one too. I felt kind of bad about it.
1: One of our guys in our 10-man got it on his on his second fox. So we've uh, you know, we've got this this island. And now the that's fine. The it's great great backstory to this place. I love the place. The aesthetics are wonderful.
2: The island reminds me of the Isle of Keldonas, kind of, where, you know, it's, you run it's around the quest to. to do. Yeah.
1: Well, when you when you have everyone can do the quests in the north, which are five dailies that uh, mm-hmm. that goes around. Uh, there's five dailies that show up every day and you can do those once a day. Uh, five of them in the in Tolbarad Peninsula in the Northern Island. The Southern Island, however, is contested and when you win Tolbarad, you get three dailies. From the one guy who's always giving you the three, these same three dailies: kill fifteen of the other faction after the battle, uh, kill problem, uh, and kill eight crocs. Yep. So you get those three every day if you win once. You get to do mm-hmm. those once. Then you also get a set of three that rotate. There's, there's three sets of three that rotate at the other guy. There's the D block ones in the demon. There's the human ones in the prison revolt, and then there's the spirit ones in the spirit. Whatever. And so, Tolbarod, technically, if you hold it all day and the, and the, the daily cycle the correct way, Tolbarad, on the whole has the potential of giving you, uh, let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12, An 17, dailies. Of dailies. 17 dailies. dailies. Yeah.
2: you will max out your dailies day. doing stuff for Tolbarod if you time it right. If you're winning Tolbarod. So here's the problem. If you're winning, the mechanics of the game
1: go, go like this the defenders are the guys who won before, and the defenders defend Tolbarod against the attackers. The attackers come in on that bridge from the north. There's three points. There's Ironclad Garrison, Warden's Vigil, and Slagworks. And in order to win, the attacking team needs to capture and control each of the three points at the same time. You can't have all them three. all three. You can't have them in pending, you can't have them you know changing hands. You can't win two, you can't have two and then the timer runs out. There are three towers. The three towers can be destroyed by abandoned siege engines. Using the siege engines to destroy the towers doesn't do anything to the victory condition but gives the attacking side five more minutes per tower destroyed, up to a total of 25 or 30 minutes for the whole battle to take place. So, yeah. When attackers die, they, if they die near a tower, they spawn back at the tower. If they die near one of the keeps, they spawn right next to the keep so that they can just keep pushing on the keep. They can overwhelm the other forces. Great. The defenders always respawn in the middle of the map at the middle Barad and Hold area. So that's the basics of Tolbarad. If you want to win Tolbarad, you have to capture all three. If you're defending Tolbarad to win, all you have to do is prevent the other team from getting one out of the three. Because they have to get all three to win. Yeah. So the popular strategy right now in Tolbarad, and this is where Tolbarad just completely breaks down as a rule set and a mechanic-driven PvP area, is that you have the defenders spawning in the middle of the map, an equal distance away from each of the three keeps that they have to defend and prevent the attackers from from uh, capping. The defenders yep. always spawn at the keep in which they die. So. The defending team only has to Zerg one point at a time, die, all respawn in the middle, and then have the same exact distance between the keep in which they died and the keep that they're going to take to make that run to take away that keep from someone else. So if the attackers decide to... It's
2: basically a Zerg 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 circle. circle.
1: So if the attackers take... Let's, for instance, the attackers take the North Ironclad Garrison and the defenders take... Warden's Vigil and Slagworks. The zerg of attackers go to, uh, you know, move, leave like seven or eight guys, which they should, um, leave seven or eight guys at Ironclad Garrison to defend it against any attackers, and the zerg moves over to Slagworks. At that point, everyone from Warden's Vigil on the defending side moves over to Ironclad Garrison, demolishes the seven people who are there, and instantly flip the place from attacker to defender. The reason that happens so quickly is because the Tolbarod mechanic for capping is not based on getting a flag or holding it for a certain meri- certain period of time. It's based on the number of people in the area. So if you add more people, you're going to cap it faster. And you don't even have to kill all the people in the area. All you have to do is be in the area. So if there are 10 no. if there are 10 attackers, you
2: just have to Zerg it.
1: And there are 5 defenders, the 5 defenders can be right on top of the flag. And the ten attackers will still be capping the point for them because 10 they're in there. the area yeah, around the flag. flag. It doesn't matter how many people are. It's ridiculous. Seven. Right. And if you kill people in the area, if you kill people in the area, you get a faster cap. So if the uh, if the defenders um, if the defenders are killing the attackers, uh, they're getting you know a faster cap. If the attackers are killing defenders, they're getting a faster cap. It's just a weird cap mechanic for something that encourages the Zerg. Nobody defends the towers because the towers are worthless. The towers don't change the victory condition of the battle at all. All they do is give the attackers more time to run around like morons. So Tolberod is broken from a mechanical standpoint because there's a, it's very difficult to attack it. It's very easy to defend it. We have the worst horde PvPers on my server. They're terrible. They're awful. 80% of them couldn't fight their way out of a paper bag. And yet we have been holding Tolbarad for two straight days. And the Alliance on our server are very good PvPers who are always getting into Tolbarad because like eight of them are queuing up. And about 7,000 Horde are trying to queue up for Tolbarad. We're not getting in. Those seven guys are getting in. And yet our seven morons who get in every time are winning it all day. There's a problem there. I can see that problem. And I've held Tolbarad
2: for two days straight. (laughs) You want to know what I find funny? Please. What I find really, really funny about all of this? Okay, now step back for a minute and think about this. Cataclysm heroics have been pretty much training us Not to Zerg. Out <laughs> of that Zerg mechanic. <laughs> and yet the PvP instances are encouraging us to Zerg. So there's something wrong here. Like, really, really wrong here.
1: So here's what I'm asking people to do. And here's my plea. I'm the Tolbarad guy. I'm Tolbarad class president. I want everyone to do three things. The first thing is send a ticket. If you love Tolbarod, here's the thing. I wouldn't do this if I didn't love Tolbarad. I love the game. I love the mechanics. And I love the it is atmosphere of the place. It's zone. gorgeous. Like
2: It's so cool. It's you know? awesome.
1: They did a great job with it. And I don't want to see it go into this like weird dormant period of of just... Uh... You know, calling it Fail Barad or this is stupid or why even queue for it? No, you want to play this because it's fun and it's cool and it's gorgeous and it's got a really great mechanic but they just have to fix it. They just have to yeah. fix the mechanics and they can do it in very, very, very specific, easy ways that don't take away from anything they've already done. So here's the three things I want people to do. I want people to read the article I wrote called um, The Problems with Tol Barad and How to Fix Them. It's on, uh, it's on WoW Insider. Um, just look for my name. Type in Tol Barad. It comes up all the time. How to Fix Tol Barad and Google actually brings mine up too. Second is write a ticket. If you love Tolberod, write a comment ticket in-game about Tolbarod. Just say, you know, Tolberod favors defenders way more than attackers. It's impossible to win if they have any semblance of coordination. That's unfair. It shouldn't be done that way. We want Tolbarod change. We want Tolbarod to change hands more often other than, you know, 3 a.m. when five people are awake and uh, four of them go linked dead and the other side just happens to win. And the third thing is follow uh on Twitter at Tolbarad. That's my uh my Tolbarad Twitter that I'm twittering um random Tolbarod crap about. And uh <laughs> I'm doing my best to uh to push for uh push for Tolbarad fairness and equality and uh to get the mechanics changed and really uh you know it get it get it going again. It has the
2: potential.
1: Oh, it's got yeah, so it much potential. It has the
2: potential of being this really really cool zone. It's just broken right now. The the big the biggest problem that I have with toll barad at the moment, my server horde PvPs. Alliance doesn't generally PvP right. all that much. I'm on an RP server and you know that's just what happens. It's how the cards happen to fall, right? So each Toll Barad match there's about oh six to seven people that get into yep. it. And that's it. Yeah. That's it. I, I've never seen an actual full whole broad because it's doing that stupid one to one matching thing. Do I know how they can fix that? No, I have no idea. I d- I tenacity do. obviously didn't work all that well.
1: No, tenacity. well see the thing is tenacity at least with tenacity you got to play the game. You know yeah. at least with tenacity you got to go and experience the thing. With the one to one, you're just waiting and now now we have this thing called the Tolbarod Marathon. If you're on the winning side, here's a here's a fun tip for you. If you're on the winning side, everyone <laughs> everyone probably knows this already, but it's fun to articulate. Um, the Tolbarod Marathon is about two minutes before the end of the Tolbarod match. Find out from people in Tolbarod if uh, if you're winning or losing. If you're winning Tolbarod, go to the bridge that connects that oh, connects yeah. northern uh, the northern Tolbarod Island <laughs> to the southern <laughs> island, and at about 10 seconds, <laughs> mount up and bolt across the bridge. If you're in the zone, when Tolbarod finishes, and you're on the winning side, you'll get the 180 honor, and you'll get the three commendations. And that's the other thing, is that if you lose Tolbarod, if you're playing in Tolbarad and you lose... You don't get a Tolbarad token. You don't get a commendation. It, only the winners get commendations. Even in Wintergrasp, if you played, you showed up, and you lost, you still Does got one. that work? One. And yeah, you can bolt across the bridge, and you get your three commendations, and you get your honor. And we've been we've been doing huh. that. There is there's a cadre of like sixty horde sometimes waiting outside the bridge who have not gotten into Tolbarad, bolting across the bridge, and it's. I really, did not
2: know this, but now that I it's do, it's really oh. hilarious
1: when the alliance are running, uh, running the other way, leaving Tolbarad after they had like either lost it. Um, it's just this just flow of horde just running into Tolbarad to get their uh, to get their tokens, and the alliance just trickling out, and they just get demolished along the way. It's really sad.
2: Yeah, I've demolished more than a couple. So we want Tolberod to be fun. It was like, yay, we want it! I can go in and do my dailies. Hey, look, flagged people. You know this. this <laughs> you know Tolbarad
1: has the potential to be the greatest outdoor PvP contested area that they've ever done because the mechanics uh, just need to be tweaked. It's a lot of fun. It looks great. It's so much fun.
2: Now, what about that hot fix that they just put in? For those that don't know, <laughs> basically, Tolbarad. If you win as an attacker, it now rewards players with 1,800 honor points, up from 180. Winning as a defender still rewards players with 180 honor points.
1: So I don't really know what this is meant to fix. Are we supposed to... So now that we're attackers, are we supposed to let... See, I think they're missing the point. The point is not that people are holding Tolberod because they can... People are holding Tolborod, or because they're trying to be malicious about it. People are holding Tolbarod because it's easy to hold Tolbarod. And so attackers are now given, what, uh, more incentive to win? It's not about we don't want to win, it's we can't win. It has nothing to do with the incentive to play.
2: Well, and the funny part about it is, you know, it's like 1,800 honor points. Okay, well, I could get 1,800 honor points, or... I could continue holding Tolbarad and get all the dailies. There's not really—I I don't even understand why. What is it? In, what is it incentivizing? <laughs> what is it incentivizing
1: me to do? Yeah. Lose Tolbarad? It's incentivizing me to give up and stop playing,
2: and then later play harder. I don't understand. <laughs> so what? You just want us to take turns? Is that what the deal is? It. You know, they want us I to just... deliberately lose so that we can go back, attack, get it back That's again, what it and feels then lose. Like. And I. That's what it feels like. It feels like they want us to
1: trade off, so that we can get trade 1800 wins. Honor every wins. Trade wins. We're supposed Back to trade wins. Is this really how it's supposed to happen? I don't think so. It's just. It, I don't know why they put that in. I think it's. I think it's less like a. You know. It's less. Here's how we fix Tolbrad. And more like, look. Here's something. We're thinking about it. Tolbarod is. Do you know a, what it is, reminds is not, me of? What it's uh, Icewell Radiance.
2: No. It reminds me of <laughs> them putting that stupid bag on the last boss in Oculus to try uh, and yeah. get more people to do the
0: instance. Yeah, we're
1: gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get a, a Tolbarod bag of crap if we win, and it's gonna <laughs> potentially have a mount in it. We're like an extra ten tokens. It's gonna be so stupid, and so just like no, don't give us the sack of crap. Give us. Tolbarod. Give us a workable with, a workable PVP zone. Workable Tolbarod. And and I'm not just blowing this blowing the smoke out my butt because I have five or six concrete ways that they could change Tolbarod and change it for the better and it would work fine. And that's what that's what kills me is that I have it right there. It's right there. Right there. Go to the article I wrote. It's all laid out perfectly clear and very follow, plainly follow at Tolbarod because uh I've got a pretty picture as my <laughs> as my Twitter icon. <laughs> Well, Matt, that's it for me I think for we're gonna
2: go ahead I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up for the evening thank um, you guys for letting you. me
1: ramble about Tolbarad I'm very appreciative no
2: thank you for coming on and being co-host you were excellent
1: thank you most, most appreciative
2: why don't we go ahead and I'm going to tell people how to contact us. If you want to reach us via voicemail, you can reach us at one seven eight five ata wow 5 That's one seven eight five two eight two nine six nine five. 282 9695 If you want to send in some email for Ask Moo, that's askmoo42 at gmail.com. Warcraft Less Traveled. I know we didn't have it this week. It'll be back next week, I'm sure. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Skolnick, the guy behind Warcraft Less Traveled, it's simply warcraftlesstraveled at com. You can reach the show. The show account is uh, It's show at com. If you want to send an email to Medros and say that you missed him this week, that's Medros at com, And then I'm at shade at com. You can follow us on Twitter. Twitter account for the show is allthingsaz. Medros's is simply Medros, and mine is Shades O Gray. That's Shades, the letter O, and then G R E Y. Um, and psh, 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 iTunes, yes. You can download the show on iTunes. You may already have done so if you're listening to the show, a recorded version of the show. Please feel free to rate and review the show on iTunes. We do like it when people do that. I think that's about it, really. Matt, you want to tell people where they can find you in particular?
1: I would love to tell people where they could find me. You can follow me on Twitter at gomatgo, G-O-M-A-T-G-O-1-T. Uh, and also every Tuesday... Uh, I write uh, a Reader UI of the Week for WoW Insider mm-hmm. every Thursday and on Spotlight every Friday the Lawbringer uh, and if you want any questions if you have any questions about Tol Barad, uh I have a couple things set up for Tolbarod. but no in general if you uh, want to contact me uh, matt at wow.com or matt at wowinsider.com 1T always with 1T if you want to find the add-on guy or the guy who rambles about Tolbarod. 2Ts you get you know, other grumpy mats. You get Rossy. Don't <laughs> don't mistake <laughs> the other mats because uh, I will get hilarious forwarded emails. I love Tolbarad. I really What do I really think about Tolbarod? I love it, and I want it to be good, and that's why I'm fighting so hard for it.
2: Well, I'm glad that somebody is because that was one of those things that really disappointed me about the expansion. So far, great expansion. I'm loving it. Last point of order, obviously... Uh if you're looking for web host, for a web host and you don't know where to go, check out DreamHost. They're the people that host our website. If you use the code DEATHWING, you can get $50 off of any new account. And it doesn't matter what kind of new account it is. $50 off, straight across the board. Only time you're going to get something good from Deathwing other than an achievement. So I think that's about it for us tonight. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in on the live chat channel and for people that are listening to the pre-recorded show we will have Medros back next week um, take care, happy hunting and we'll see you on the other side of Tolbarod. <laughs> night guys
0: this has been a Dwight Walbridge production, copyright 2010
3: I love this program, it makes the lines go blue when you talk.